0: All right, how's it going? Welcome to the latest bonus episode of the Looking Sideways Action Sports Podcast. If you've heard one before, you'll know the deal. No fuss, no fanfare, no show notes, just one banged out rapidly when the opportunity arises. I'm speaking a little bit quietly because I've got a new puppy who is asleep at my feet. Don't want to wake him up, but um, he seems like he'll sleep through anything, to be honest. But there you go. Um, So I've got a really good one this week on the old bonus tip with my friend Dan Adams, now, Dan is the man behind the hugely popular Read and Destroy Archive project, both on Instagram and now the new Kickstarter project, which is uh, running throughout this July 2018. Dan, a supremely talented designer, cut his teeth on Rad magazine back in the day. He was also involved in the Tim Layton-Boyce interview I did for episode 31. You could hear him every now and again in the background if you've listened to that one. And for the last half decade or so, Dan's been working with the original Rad Ensemble, Tim Laird and Boyce, pretty much every photographer on the books, to organise and get on top of the enormous Rad archive, which is an absolutely Herculean task. And along the way, Dan and the guys realised what they had on their hands was nothing less than a completely unique cultural artefact, a complete, fully formed history of UK skateboarding from the mid-70s to mid-90s. So they've decided to put it out. Now, initially, that took the form of the Instagram account, Read and Destroy. And uh, if you follow that account, you'll know what a sensitive chronicler and custodian of this precious material Dan has been. Like I say, after the success of the Instagram, the team have decided to take to Kickstarter to try and raise the money they need to produce two complimentary books, one covering the early years and one the later period. I've got to say, having seen the archive and also having worked on magazines back in the day before we had digital imagery, I really appreciate what a mammoth undertaking this really is. I mean, the scanning alone, the thought of it made me go out in a cold sweat, to be honest. But when it comes out, I mean, can you imagine what it's going to look like? A complete, beautifully curated and designed history of UK skate culture by the original documentarians behind perhaps the most innovative and influential sideways periodical of the last 30 years. I mean, whether you read it like I did. ...or you were one of the skaters or photographers who got their start through Rad... ...the legacy of this thing is unrivaled... ...yet you won't be surprised to hear that I've backed it big time on Kickstarter... ...and I implore anybody with an interest in UK board sports culture to do the same... ...put something back into the scene that's given us all so much... ...and pay homage, homage, never know how to say that... ...to the originators of our shared lifestyle in this country... ...so anyway... Here's Dan to chat about the whole thing. Like I say, bonus on this, no show notes or website stuff. But if you do like it and you're a first time visitor, you can check out the rest of my normal podcasts at www.wearelookingsideways.com. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And more importantly, hit up the Read and Destroy Instagram where you can find the Kickstarter address so you can help make this happen. I'll see you at the end. Nice one and enjoy. And the good news is, I didn't wake the dog up. <laughs> Hey Dan, hello Matt. Hey Dan, I'm
1: all right, thank you. Yeah, how are you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Bit bit frazzled. Overnight train, straight into central London. Okay, but all good. Still, yeah, still with Cornwall air in your lungs. Yeah, like a little bit, a little yeah. bit. I had a surf last night. No shower. So Amazing. Bit bit minging, but <laughs> all good. All good. So you're having a busy month.
1: We are. We've got a very busy
0: month. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. It's it's all systems go at Rad Central. Yeah, in the thick of the Kickstarter. Yeah, we're pushing hard, and um, we hope the word's getting out there, and I I just, if anyone's listening who's been pushing on our behalf, super stoked and really grateful for your support.
0: Yeah. So what's the plan? You're going to try and do uh, two books of the whole archive? Well,
1: we're doing, it's it's essentially, at this point, it's one book with two volumes, so it's a slipcase, which has two hardback books enclosed in it. Okay. And both of those books are around the 300-page mark, so oh wow we're talking you know 600 pages of
0: wow so uh, isn't well, it? what
1: did someone call it I, which which i thought was great somebody on instagram
0: thank you whoever you were the Narchive. the an archive brothers that's it's good that's good i mean i was lucky enough to to get a glimpse of the archive when we did the interview with tim at the end of last year yeah and uh, it is vast isn't it let's, it is let's be honest there's a lot of stuff have you always <laughs> been the custodian of that if you like
1: Uh, not me personally. It's, I mean, it's, it's been a big job to gather it all together. Most of it obviously is Tim Layton Boyce's personal archive. Yeah. Um, we have an amazing amount of stuff that, that, uh, somewhat unfortunately never was returned to the, to the photographers. Okay. they, They have all very generously granted permission for us to use that. So some fantastic stuff from, uh, Thomas Campbell and Spike Jones and people like that yeah um, Grant Britain um, they've all weighed in and they're going to you know, contribute their old material to be republished which is fantastic um, there's also people like James Hudson uh, gosh my brain is failing me this morning we've got anyway the, we've got, got a lot bridge. of stuff so then we've got our all, you know all the guys that were shooting for rad early on yeah so Paul Sunman Mike John yeah uh, Dobie. Vernon Adam's Dobie all these people that were there right at the very beginning yeah That were photographing um, skateboarding before the mag, before anyone gave a shit, Um, and then of course we come right up to the later period with Wig and his whole um, Wig and Andy Horsley uh, and all those guys who really made it happen into the early 90s. So, so it's it's a lot of material. Yeah, it's it's a. Basically a comprehensive overview of UK skateboarding from... that That's what we wanted to do. We felt that that had never been done before. Yeah. And obviously the magazine is a fantastic kind of window in time of the late 80s, predominantly running into the early 90s. Um, but we really felt when we sat down with all this stuff, we're like, wow, look at all this, look at this stuff. Like Tim's got this crazy archive that goes back to the late 70s. And yeah. some of that's been seen, but not very much of it. Um, and of course, you know, sorry, early nineties guys, but you know, that's kind of my era and I do get very buzzed on that. So yeah, um, we, I think we need to get it out there. Yeah. All of it. All so, of it.
0: So when did the, when did this whole read and destroy projects on, I mean, including the Instagram in that really, when did, when did this, when did you start thinking, right? Yeah, I'm going to start putting this out. We, and-
1: Okay, well, it's a long, it's a long, very, very slow burn. We sat down as a group together. That's the, when I say we. That's the kind of early photography. So, doby Tim, Paul, Mike, Vernon. We probably sat down a good, at least ten years ago. Right. Um, and I think that was <clears throat> probably at the period that you know skateboarding entered its nostalgia phase. Yeah. Books started coming out. Movies started being made. And we're like, well, hang on a minute. We've got this English perspective. No one's talking about this. Yeah. Um, we sat down, wondered how we could do it. We then spoke to um, Andy Holmes, who'd already done Dysfunctional by then. because yeah. he, So he had some insight into publishing. We spoke to Seb Palmer, who at that time was working in the kind of shoe industry, see if he could sort of give us any leads. And we talked a lot it all went quiet we had another conversation a few years later it all went quiet again and because of Seb's input now he was able to help us with a little bit of seed money to get us going to find to make the time to actually spend to really dig into this and that that's 4 years ago right so, okay. it was,
0: so it's 4 years in the in the works right that must have um, been really Enjoyable, though, right? To actually have very the, enjoyable, the but also to like delve when, that deeply. You know,
1: I I kind of thought, okay, yeah, no sweat. I'll, you know, I can, we can we can edit. You know, okay, I've you know I've been through Mike's stuff. I've been through Dobie's stuff. It's some great stuff. Wig was had all his stuff very well, kind of kept. Yeah, and then it took us about a year to find the right time and place to go and get Tim's archive. Whoa, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. Then I realized it was like 45 archive boxes uh, of stuff which had got very jumbled and, um, you know, stuff had been taken out, stuff had been put back in. Years were mixed up. Things were found in crumpled up envelopes underneath other things. Yeah. So just to
0: really... The pre-digital filing. Just the (laughs) pre-digital files. I'm
1: talking, you know, I'm talking an archive box, which is anyone who knows archiving those large cardboard archive boxes... Full from back to front, top to bottom, with thirty-five millimeter color transparencies yeah. and/or black and white negs. Yeah,
0: so. I mean, obviously, we both used to run magazines back in the day when it was pre-digital, and you, for, I certainly forgot what a mission it was photo editing back in that in that time. And also, well, you know, seeing seeing the the archive at your Studio. It really brought it back quite honestly. Yeah, like, Christ, yeah, that's what you used to do, is it? Light box, yeah, you know. But I, I have to say, you know, and this, is, this, this is you know, I suppose
1: old habits and all that.
0: But I love it. I love it's a very nice process, isn't it? You yeah. know?
1: And you sit there with the light box, and you've got this thing called a loop. If anyone doesn't know, which is a, a small magnifying glass, which you place over the transparencies, and you're able to look at them in close focus. And it, they are to me, they are like little jewels because the color is amazing and they're backlit so and but you have to focus right in on them there's there's none of the extraneous crap of the operating system of your desktop or the whatever you know it's you're just put right there in it so it allows you to look at and really really dial into that that minute that um with the camera that's you know that with the image
0: yeah Uh, so i love it yeah we used to i mean it's the highlight of the production yeah. cycle, really. Yeah, exactly. When, when the slides would come in and mm. you'd get the chance to all mm. gather around the light box and yeah, and yeah, and see, no, and see what your magazine was going to look like. Basically. Exactly,
1: exactly. Well, and sometimes you were like, oh, damn, is that? Oh no, we were, we went all the way out there to shoot that, and yeah. it came back looking like this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there was there's also that risk factor, which is kind of a bit gnarly. So you're not looking at these things in the back of a camera screen. No, so you can't go. Okay, nailed that. To get in the car, go home. You didn't that know. look good in the mag. You're yeah. like the role comes back from the processes yeah and sometimes that that happens with the archive too you're like you find one absolute banger from some session or demo or whatever it is and you think oh my god there's got to be a shit ton of these left you know um, there's got to be loads more of these and you go in and actually that is the one yeah (laughs) and sometimes it's the other way around sometimes um,
0: there are more and that's been very exciting well you seem to have done a really good job of Picking the, the outtakes from familiar sessions that people will will know Thanks. and will and will remember because uh, I certainly so. remember yeah. some of that. You know when yeah. you'll be like yeah this is from this issue and and this is a shot that didn't get, didn't get run but yeah. you can tell it's you know evidently from the same shoot. You know
1: that's right. And and what's interesting is the way the way people's memories work, myself included. You know people go oh yeah I love that shot I was I had that one on my wall and I'm like you didn't no you didn't sorry guy yeah yeah <laughs> you know. Which is really—it's great. It's—it's it's all good. You know, it's just—you know—time is a very elastic thing, and memory is a very weird thing, which I've found doing this. I mean, it's yeah, been in a sort of in a time machine.
0: I bet. So, were you surprised at the reaction that it—that the, the the Instagram account had because it—it was—it's been popular, right?
1: It has. Yeah, I—I think all of us involved in it have been really blown away by the level of of excitement that it generates and the fact that. I mean, I think I worked on the magazine for a period. Um, I've known Tim for a very long time. I think I never understood then just how meaningful Rad magazine was to the people that went out and bought it. You know, it was... So that's been a fantastic um, bit of feedback, honestly. So thank you, Instagram followers and Rad believers. It's, it's just been great, honestly. What,
0: what do you put that down to?
1: Um, no, simple nostalgia. I guess and I think you know like I said I'm I'm a slightly kind of <laughs> older dude and and my formative magazine reading was was um, skateboarder american skateboarder and that's a very evocative romantic thing for me to and those those images are very implanted in my brain and I guess that's what rad did to that generation the the, the guys that were picking up on it in the late 80s and early 90s were really living through it and it was very much their life in their formative years and that stuff really stays with you um so yeah thank you readers
0: yeah I mean I guess like we were saying earlier before we started recording it's probably a generational thing as well isn't it because when you do get to your 30s and 40s and 50s I think it must be hardwired into you like this this nostalgic um I think it's capacity it's, that that suddenly
1: well it becomes it do, a yeah it does seem to me that nostalgia is somehow a human need, uh, need or response to getting older I yeah. don't know quite I'm not sure that it necessarily helps with getting older but it I think it's kind of interesting to review where you've come from in order to work out you know where you're heading for the ne- the next bit yeah and uh, and to understand actually what's made you who you are what you know and and the, the, that 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 period in your life early teens obviously is incredibly formative and does shape our thinking and it's it's kind of hugely flattering i think for everybody involved in rad to know that we had some sort of positive effect on on people's lives i think that's been a been a great bit of feedback
0: yeah well there's a big strand of it isn't there especially on social there's um what's the penny instagram call i can't quite remember you know there's that guy that's just putting up Oh, guns. cult of Tom. Cult of Tom. Yeah, you know, which again, like your like your account gets such mad levels of interaction. Yeah. You know, yeah. everything he puts up. Yeah, and fair play to whoever that guy is. Yeah, what a great idea. Because yeah. there's like some serious digging going on there. Yeah, there? You know, yeah, the,
1: yeah. I mean, there are there are some amazing archivists that you know self-appointed archivists on on instagram it's been
0: science versus action yeah no science it? versus
1: life that's nice yeah, like amazing you know cool mo leo um yeah you know dead hippie doing his amazing uh yug, you know, spots is it? archive there's there's yug yeah, yeah who does all the kind of video stuff yeah um, yeah and uh, it's all obviously Parto, skate there yeah. i mean they're all the new there's nbd you know who does all this amazing video stuff i mean it's it, it, it's 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 endless and i think it's hugely exciting and it's it's kind of like skateboarding in a way it's like it, it it's evolving really organically and people can bring their own stuff to the picnic yeah and make shit happen which which i think is very much in the spirit of skateboarding yeah you know there's no there isn't a rule that says hey you're not a museum curator it's not your place to do that you can just pitch in and you know if you wanted to do a frontside grind archive it's open season you could (laughs) do it yeah you could do it yeah and 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 i think people would love it you know there's what is it there's the rock there's the what's the one of the rock there is one that's just rock and rolls there is the rock and roll one (laughs) you know
0: yeah i mean i think also a lot of those accounts and yours are clearly very linked to that particular era when magazines were the, the predominant medium, really, weren't they? You know, so I guess... The only medium, really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you did get the odd video, didn't you? But later. Was, they were copied, Later, weren't yeah. They? I
1: think we're in, into the early... You know, the, obviously the PAL videos and those kind of things, which were much more sort of annual releases and... Yeah. But you were, uh, you were
0: passing around pirates, weren't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And maybe,
1: you know, I mean, maybe you didn't even have a video player. Yeah. I don't know, but at least you could... You could at least go and stand in the newsagent and, yeah. and flick through a mag, even if you didn't buy it. You know? Yeah. So it was it was the channel yeah it's not sure. an original
0: observation but obviously these days when you've got such a surfeit of um content let's yeah. say yeah yeah you forget what it was what it was like back then
1: yeah i think we've uh, we we did um science versus life that was a question that we asked him for his sidewalk piece that he did which was an excellent piece about i mean um looking and curating skateboard photography about whether they are slowly losing their impact and and video taking
0: over but i think it's a predominant theme in action sports that isn't it yeah
1: yeah yeah but i think i don't i mean i don't know i see when a when a good picture comes up yeah it gets some serious heat and people really get buzzed on it and there is something about a photograph which has so much going on in it uh, which is kind of a lot to do with your imagination yeah that that is not there in a piece of moving footage. And in a way, you know, the the fact that an image is now online and it can float around and end up on, on 10 million Pinterest boards and, I mean, I, I maybe that's from all good, actually. Yeah, it pushes I just think, it
0: into the future. Yeah, I think the good will out. I think that's that's just, you know, ultimately, anything good will rise above the chatter. Yeah. Won't yeah, it really? Yeah, I think so. I kind of think there's again an element of nostalgia in that, it tends to be really only old farts that write articles about how there's too much stuff around these yeah, days. Yeah, exactly, you know, exactly, yeah. I, there's, there's, um, there was a friend of mine wrote this piece in, around snowboarding as well, which was just like, I think he kind of did it on purpose, like grumpy old of tone, but it was very much like, you know, yeah, it's not as good as it used to be when it was a bit more, you had to be pickier, but I don't know, I think... I when think I was a kid, if I if you'd have told me that I'd have a machine in my hand that I could watch any skate clip in the world, yep. I would have all been all over it. I would have been pretty into that. I reckon. Yeah, you bet. Yeah.
1: absolutely. I mean, yeah. That, I mean, you, you'd be like, you know, back in those times, you'd be like, oh man, there's there's going to be like a thing on TV with skating in it. Fuck, I got to get home and like Transworld Sport. Saturday yeah, whatever. Well, they're even more <laughs> random, like some weird kooky slot on some news afternoon news show. And you'd be like rushing home yeah, somehow yeah. Or like, do you know, how can I get out of school to be able to watch that lunchtime news report on skateboarding? Because you're like so buzzed on the fact that it's it's being reported on by the wider world and you can see it moving and all of that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Insanely um, exciting times for visually, I think.
0: Yeah. So the Kickstarter's running through July and then you're going to do the, the, the two-part book. So what's the, what's the time scale looking like that for that then?
1: Okay, so we've got... It's now... Where are we? It's, what, what's the date today? I think it's like the 19th, yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay. So we've got something like 12 days left till the end of July. It's the 18th. The, in fact, the 2nd of August is actually when the Kickstarter closes. So if you would like to help us and get an amazing book at the end of all this... Um, till the 2nd of August is your chance. We're asking people to pledge now through Kickstarter, which means essentially pre-buying a book. Yeah. You you pledge the money on your credit card. If we hit our target, which is ambitious, people, but it's not, uh, it's not like that for no reason. It includes postage, taxes, fees, a whole bunch of scanning. other insane... The scanning I mean, Jesus itself Christ. is just an enormous that, that's expense. What,
0: that's what got me. I was yeah. like that's a lot of scanning and yeah. again you know not yeah. to sound like a couple of throwbacks but that was another huge part of the old production process that's wasn't right. it? and cost and it cost a lot of money it cost a lot of money you and know. it
1: costs even more now because it's a niche thing yeah. to get it right so that that is the thing that stymied us in the past is okay we could do a book that's affordable but could we scan all the stuff nah yeah so to the requisite standard yeah so um Don't worry about this this enormous figure that we have on the Kickstarter. Just think about the fact we need to sell one thousand six hundred books, which is not a a necessarily over ambitious print run. Um, and we've got really great kind of giveaway well giveaways additional gifts for some of the sort of higher pledges. Yeah. Um, and that's how it works. So if we make our target, you will be charged, and then we can get going on this and finish the book and it will take a something like seven months to to complete and we'll keep everybody updated with the progress and you'll be part of the project from from the moment you make that pledge um, so it's it's that's that's how it's working so you have to head over to well if you head over to our Instagram which is at read and destroy all the details of the Kickstarter are in our um, bio at the top yeah uh we've got facebook which is r- the read and destroy archive it's all in there so there are plenty of channels to find us yeah um, and let's make it happen
0: and what's the response been like from from the skate industry have you had a lot of support there
1: we've had an amazing support um from magazines you know the skate media um wonderful press wonderful reposts um a lot of really good strong response out there and I think perhaps partly because we no one has ever tackled this kind of archive of this sort of size and you know although we're covering a very long period and you may not specifically be like oh like 1989 was my era I was more 1992 I mean it's all in there it's all skateboarding and it's all if you love skateboarding I can't quite see why you'd not want to know about where it was coming from before you kind of got there and where it went afterwards um it it's it's a good well hey everything's subjective isn't it but for as far as I'm concerned as a lifelong skateboarder it's a good story
0: yeah so what what are the, what are the proper gems that you've uncovered that you uh gems that have been that have been highlights for you
1: um oh man that's too that's too difficult to really nail i mean i you know i think if you if you like skateboarding, there's just so much. I mean, obviously I, I personally wasn't as committed to the, the nineties period. Um, but I find pictures all the time. I'm like, fuck, that's such a rad photo. And that, that, you know, that's Alex or and yeah. he's just killing it. You know, he's, he's that, like such a good shot. And that, that's
0: the other thing I found mad about it actually that, I mean, it's going to sound ridiculous, but A, how young they were. I mean, what a dickiest thing to say, but like, you know, because you, you were a kid when you, when you were yeah, into it. Yeah, for sure, no, exactly. But, um, and then you see a picture like Alex at 14 or whatever. Yeah. You're like, yeah, they were fucking gone. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know? no, I mean,
1: there's all that. There's all that. And yeah. then,
0: you know, and then just finding
1: some funny little picture of, you know, I was there was a picture I posted up very early on, which was a picture I found of Steve Cab at South Sea. You know, and he yeah. Just, he's just yeah, like, those are
0: those are brilliant. You know, all the demo like shots. A, yeah, exactly. A picture yeah. that
1: had never been run because he's, you know, it's he's Steve only doing Cab- a frontside ollie.
0: It's Steve Caballero. Yeah, but at it, South it, Sea. You know, what a style! <laughs> you know, in his all in his black
1: denim stuff, and I'm like, oh God, you know, amazing. Like, let's get let's get that <clears throat> let's get that up. You know, little things like that I find fun, or even you know often we find pictures that were run absolutely tiny in the mag for whatever reason and you're like my god why how how come that only ran that small okay now's our chance to run it full bleed you know or something like that which so there are there are ways to reconfigure this i mean i'm not we're not looking at doing oh we're going to print reprint every single page of rad magazine no. this is this is a review this is a way of recontextualizing that material,
0: yeah. Well, and, you'd, and you'd do it different, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, I th- and I also, yeah, you know, I think taste change, so, and and, and it know. was
0: also so restrictive the technology and the very much the so. means that yeah. we had to, yeah. to deliver the imagery back then, right? Yeah.
1: And I'm I'm not going to pretend to be Nick Phillip doing a layout or Ian Roxburgh doing one of his layouts or Steve Hicks doing one of his wonderful rave era layouts. I'm just, you know, we need to we need to be able to present this in a much more modern way. Yeah. Um, so that we can see the the highlights really in in it you know it's it's always it's like i mean rad we had these two um photo annuals which were a way to present the photos only back in the day and those in a way you could look at this as a sort of glorified photo annual but with some contextual stuff and then looking at some of the the highlights of the old layouts and things like that which sometimes were really great yeah and Sometimes a bit bonkers, yeah, you know, but in yeah. a good
0: way. I some of them used to make my eyes bleed, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. the video yeah. grab sequence era, right? yeah. Christ yeah, yeah, Almighty, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's 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 yeah. You're gonna throw one of them in there?
1: We'll we're gonna get some video grabs in there for sure. Yeah. I mean, Kurt, that Curtis like, been...
0: interview is like pretty much all of it was video grab sequences, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, 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 which is hilarious yeah. when you think about But at the time, I remember thinking it was like, wow, you yeah, know, what's this?
1: Yeah, and I think you know, the, obviously, sequences became the thing that you know, you had to have them in there, and I think. I can't remember Tim telling me just how much they'd had to pay for a video card back in 1992 or whatever. And it was just like a crazy amount of money. Yeah, right. It would have been. You know, it, would, it would have got you some all singing, all dancing Mac with a, you know, probably with a video camera as well now. Yeah. You know, and that was just a card yeah. to be able to rip these things to some shitty 72 DPI. Um, but I guess, you know, those magazines had that incredible density at that point, didn't they? Like there's so much. Visual stuff in there. It's almost
0: impossible to separate the good from the bad, and, and yet it's very absorbing. Yeah, and, I think know, so. It's like the sort of David Carson thing, isn't it? Of of like using that form as as a, as an outlet for basically experimentation in the form of graphic design, isn't it? You know, and there was yeah, a, there was a lot of that going on, really. Very much so, yeah. And I, I think you know we had a, we've got a long interview with
1: Steve who designed those later ninety, you know, sort of mid nineties um mags that have this incredibly exuberant kind yeah. of graphic interface. And he was like, yeah, man, I was just, I was into it all. And I wanted to hoover it all up and sure. put it down on the pages. You well, know, another, and get
0: it. another thing that was incredibly inspiring about that. And, you know, i harped on in the last one with Tim about how that had influenced what we'd done at White Lines because, right. you know, we really, we really noticed that, that was going on. You know what I mean? Like that there the was experimentation and um, in the writing, in the, in the visual way mm, it looked mm, and, mm, 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 mm. Yeah, know, we, we saw that as a green light to try yeah. and do the same thing, you know. Like whereas, the, whereas it's quite, I mean, it's, like, it's extremely formulaic, isn't it? The printed magazine
1: thing these days. Even, it seems to be, and I can't help thinking that and, you know, I'm a designer myself, but we've all become so um, beguiled by the ease which, which, with which technology allows us to do things. We're yeah. kind of letting <clears throat> the technology... Lead it. Lead it in a sense. So, kind of all magazines do look a bit samey now because of that, I think, because they're all being done using Adobe InDesign, which has all these kind of tricks and methods for laying stuff out. And it all looks beautiful. Yeah. All looks very well ordered, but perhaps not as original. Yeah, it does lack some of the kind of anarchy that I think Rad um, had going for it in those days. You know, whether, whether or not it stands the test of time in the great panoply of good or bad graphic design is another question but it's certainly it's certainly original yeah exactly in every way
0: you and the, know? the other thing about the current environment is how quickly things become a visual cliche as well I mean yeah in the outdoor world there's this um, there's this sort of like little subset of these magazines that are out and they're all they're all like you know 10 quid a pop no cover lines yeah, yeah. You, you know the sort yeah, of I thing yeah. like ca- yeah. catalogue thickness we've mm-hmm. got like really enigmatic names you know and when the first one of them came out, I think, which probably wasn't that long ago, mm. it did look genuinely quite like a, a striking yeah. um, proposition language, yeah, yeah didn't absolutely, it? yeah, very much so. And then within like two years, you know, there's fifty of them, yeah, and there's cycling ones and there's surf ones, and <laughs> yeah, and it it's it's a cliche, you know, very quickly. Yeah,
1: I guess um, I like them, but but you know, I I think. In a way, f- uh, what am I trying to say here? That, I mean, I suppose in a way, like, like, magazines used to be so throwaway, although apparently a, a great number of people have kept their rads in pristine condition, which is wonderful.
0: Yeah, which is a, um, which is a really great yeah, little yeah, feature so, of all yeah, this, isn't it? That's
1: that's, that's a very uh, great acknowledgement of, of how important it was. But I think, you know, some, sometimes as a as a sort of layout guy looking at, beautiful photographs you did used to think then oh wouldn't it be great if there was a more luxurious way of presenting sure these? and now you can do it yeah i um, guess i um, mean it's I hard it's, to be
0: original is really
1: yeah different. well i mean a magazine is a magazine i suppose and it's you know obviously we're trying to do a book so that we can i think finally elevate these images to some well this the way I see it is elevating them to a slightly higher plane yeah you know, they're less
0: ephemeral, make give them a bit of permanence. Well, it leads me nicely yeah. to the question I was about to ask, which was, have you had much interest from the wider um media landscape because what we're talking about this very much through the lens of skate nostalgia, and you know mm. our what we know about this world, but you know whatever way you look at it, this is a fully formed Time capsule archive yep. of a very particular Absolutely. British subculture. Yeah, you and know, e- even if you're not a skateboarder, you can, you can look at this and be like, "Wow, okay, this, you know, this is the, the literally the story of a very, very crucial subculture in this country."
1: I think so. I mean, that's the, that's what I've, I've come to realize. I think I didn't quite grasp that at the very beginning, but I've definitely, you know, skateboarding probably is. I think it's quite possibly the most photographed youth culture of the late 20th century. I can't think of another one where photography is such an integral part of it. You know, if you think so many of the actual participants picked up cameras and tried to record it, and I think a lot of that was because it was moving so fast and evolving so quickly and it was being evolved by the people that were doing it rather than instructors or coaches or manuals. It was just happening right there in that schoolyard on that day or wherever so, so it's been very heavily photographed. So there are these amazing archives of it. And I, and I think you're right that it's you know, skateboarding, whether you like it or not, is an incredibly vital and powerful cultural phenomenon. It's, it's driven so much of the wider um, cultural landscape without either the skateboarders themselves or the wider culture really understanding where that stuff was coming from. It was sort of seeping from the underground up and outwards and i think that w- with something like the rad archive we can help to illustrate that very clearly and, and, and you know maybe once and for all let people really see that th- there was this thing that you thought didn't matter yeah and actually it's been a very vital subculture yeah you know we, we there are many many books about the the importance of pop music, rock music, dance, rap, whatever it is that, that exist in that kind of... Essentially, you know, it's a very corporate culture. Those, those bands get out there because of big corporations that are selling records to people. Um, I know the bands come from the underground, but ultimately they're marketed by big corporations. Um, lots of books, lots of documentaries about that part of youth culture and here we have something which I think has been largely hidden from view and it's and it's kind of I think it's important that it that it's recognised yeah in the grand scheme of things
0: yeah definitely I mean that was kind of one of the main reasons it seems that Long Live South Bank struck such a chord with people they, yeah. they were really good at telling that story weren't they yeah you know like the basically like the cultural importance argument if you like yeah how like it's almost like about more than skateboarding in mm. some ways but also also the important thing is to is
1: to for them to have made people understand that the cityscape is not just about corporate claims on people's lives. Yeah. You know that there needs to be free flowing space which which enables people. Yeah. Which is and another I- thing that this archive documents completely. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, there are, there are many wonderful photographs that, I mean, Tim very much had a skateboarder's eye, I think, once he kind of understood what skateboarders could do with the built environment. He was always photographing funny little corners and curbs and strange hips and things in the cityscape, you know. He, um, but also just to understand there's this sort of free flowing culture, which is defined, which is changing its definition of itself as, as the weeks move forward. Um and I think you know, you see that in in the book, this arc of time. This you you'll I mean to me it's all skateboarding, but there is this wonderful change of you know, clothing, of hairstyles, of I mean we just did this little exhibition in Berlin and this guy came and he said, Yeah man, it's so cool, I can see here <laughs> Every different decade has a different game face, you know. So, so he right. was like, You know, you could suddenly, when you put those 70s pictures on the wall next to those 80s pictures, yeah. next to those 90s pictures, there was a different game face. That's hilarious. Isn't so, it? not just a kind of trouser pattern, but, yeah. um, you know, and that that was not I, just I, wheel size, yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, but again, I think all of those pictures evoke the power of doing. And being a skateboarder, whether you know, and we we posted a wonderful picture that had never been seen before, of a kid called Keith Lang and skating in Brighton, young guy, but just total narfest, you know, odd trucks, smashed up board, hundred percent commitment, and um, that got a lot of likes. I think people were across the kind of skateboard generations were tapping into the power that was in that picture. Yeah, and that was that was an exciting moment to be able to make that happen
0: yeah so one thing we've not mentioned is the fact that i'm sure there's a lot of bmx in this archive and you have made the decision not to not to feature that this time around is that can you explain why you made Um, that decision
1: because i felt that i think i think the feeling was that both of those worlds needed their own treatment treatment yeah by you know i mean i i have i i'm the sort of you know, I suppose I, I'm the one pulling this project together. So, are you BMX guys, if you want to hate, hate me. You know, I mean, it's you know, I. But I think you need. Hate's probably a bit think, strong. Yeah, hate's a strong word. Yeah, it's there's no malice in this. I think I think they, although they existed for a period of time in a, in a kind of side by side, and they had an influence on each other at that in that early period of Rad magazine, and Nick Phillip, who was the first designer, very much took a. He took a lot of um, influence from skateboarding, um, I think, and and channeled it through BMX in a very radical way, made it very exciting for a lot of people. Uh, and and we've got a really good interview with Nick where he talks about that and about how those two worlds kind of collided and then diverged somewhat. Um, but I think, you know, it was just the way we looked at the archive. We realized there was... Um, because we're not dealing with the archive of BMX Action Bike. That, that exists somewhere else in, in space and time. That's this, the larger part of this archive was and is skateboarding and it predates the magazine and it goes after the magazine. So, and Rad ended up as strictly a skateboarding magazine in its later phase. Um, so we felt we could tell that story better, that kind of arc of time, if we just devoted this particular or these particular two volumes to the skateboard aspect. And then um, we then can focus and dial in on the BMX stuff later on with the right people involved um, who have that more specific knowledge uh, and interest. You know, I mean, I, I have every respect for BMX. Those guys are rad, they push the bar amazingly, but it's not personally my First love, yeah, something you know. that you might
0: feel qualified to yeah to give the yes, same exactly. treatment. I wouldn't. Yeah. I,
1: I think it needs to be treated with respect. Yeah, and I imagine
0: way. that there's a, again like a similarly enormous archive that does the same thing for BMX that we're talking about for skateboarding. So, in which case, it yeah warrants its own treatment, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think we you know we're looking we're looking you know this 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 book in a way is is two things. It's it's it obviously it hinges around the rad publication and um we'll have all those images that people are familiar with because rad was such a good platform in those times for skateboarding um but it also covers the period before because tim who was the pivotal figure in rad was was photographing skateboarding a long time before and not alone he was there with mike and paul and dobie um and Vernon and they were all working up to something they had a plan but so we're, so this book enables us to cover the the bigger picture if you like yeah of skateboarding in the UK yeah um which I don't think has been done in quite such a comprehensive way before there's been some good books Mark Lawyer's books are very good yeah um but they they cover sort of more specific things uh, they're not just about the photography um so yeah so we can we can we can look at the bigger picture, I think, which is what we want to do, yeah, well,
0: I've got one final question for you, so if there's anyone listening to this who's you know wavering, yeah, what would you say to them? why should they pledge?
1: Um, because this isn't going to happen well, I'm going to say it isn't going to happen without your pledge. We will find a way to make this book happen, but this this gives us a fantastic opportunity to do it the way we want to do it, the way yeah. we think it should be done. Um, it, it allows us to do a lot more pages than, than we could probably do if we went through a commercial uh, publisher. And I think it's a story that is worth telling, frankly. I mean, and I, and I know I'm not alone in that feeling. It's, it's been a long time coming. We've worked incredibly hard on it. It's, um, it may seem like a lot of money, but if you, it's, you know, it's like I said, it's two books. Two hardback books, and it's and it, the the price that we're offering includes delivery. Um, there's even some free stickers in there. Man. Yeah, come on, who wouldn't want some free stickers? Yeah. So let's 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 do this for skateboarding. You know, let's 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 get this down on paper so that you know when you're crippled and your knees don't work anymore, and your grandpa your grandchildren want to know why you can't walk, <laughs> you can get the two volume tome off the shelf. Yeah, and there cause, you go. Because your Instagram's broken. Yeah. And, uh, Instagram uh, there uh, like will be was. somewhere else by then yeah. Exactly. Well, yes, we'll probably be able to send this telepathically to your the chip in your brain, yeah, you know, but I'm sorry that's you know let's get early another, doors on that That's another podcast. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, you know, and, and like I said, the people that are out there that have supported us, and some people have been incredibly generous so far. I am blown away by your support, not well, not just me, myself, all of us, all of us who are involved in it, are very stoked. Very stoked about the Instagram posts. The people in the media that are helping us, Matt here right now helping <laughs> out amazingly. Um, so thanks and and go check it out. Even if you don't, even if you don't want the book yourself, tell someone else that you know will. <laughs> you know, just just do this do this for skateboarding. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm looking forward to seeing it, man. Thank you.
0: Yeah, good to chat. Thanks for doing yeah, it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Thank you very much, Matt. Yeah, Appreciate no worries. It. Thanks everybody out there. Okay.
0: Good stuff, eh? Big thanks to Dan for coming on the podcast and talking us all through it. You might have gathered by now that I'm a bit of a geek for this stuff. So I can't wait to see when the book comes out. If you've not pledged yet, you know what to do. Head to the Read and Destroy Instagram where you'll find the link to the Kickstarter, of the video and all the rest. And fingers crossed, eh? So I'll be back to normal next week. Got some bangers in the locker, actually. Notably one with surfer, kite surfer and big wave surfer Pete Cabrina. Pete's one of the guys who pioneered Jaws. You might have heard of that. With Jerry Lopez, Led Hamilton, and that ridiculously heavy crew back in the day. So, you know, that one's going to be good. Then I finally spoke to freediver Hanley Prince Low. Not too sure how you pronounce it. Hanley's been on my list for a while. I've been chatting for about a year actually about doing this. Had the pleasure of meeting her in Cornwall, and uh, she did a breath holding workshop, which was pretty mental. Got me up to two minutes in about half an hour. And then we sat down to chat about her. Absolutely inspirational life. And uh, that was another cracker. So yeah, to hear them all as they come in, subscribe on your usual podcast platform and let me know if you like them. All right, thanks for listening. I'll see you next one. And the dog is still asleep. Yes.